there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Search To Die For in your podcast app to follow the show. In the stuffy halls of the biology department in East China Normal University, Lu Minjiang made a startling discovery. Min Zhang had spent the last few years hunting for evidence of the Yeren, the so-called wild man that for years had acted as the Chinese version of Bigfoot. There were no known photographs of the Yeren, but Min Zhang had stayed true to his search. And now, in 1988, he had found a clump of bizarre hairs that may serve as more proof that the creature actually existed. Min Zhang found that these hairs contained levels of calcium, iron, and copper that didn't match any other large animals that were indigenous to the area. In fact, based on the round shape of the hair follicle, Min Zhang went so far as to consider the possibility that the hair was from some kind of hybrid of a human and an ape. For over a decade, People around the Shenangjia forest in China had reported sightings of a monstrous creature covered in fur that stood upright on two legs and had facial features that were almost human. As Minjiang stood in disbelief over his microscope, the hair strands magnified before him, he wondered, had he found true scientific evidence that the Yaren really existed? In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm your host, Molly. At ParCast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. We also now have merchandise. Head to ParCast.com merch for more information. You can find all previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. 
This is our second and final episode on the mysterious ape man known as the Yaren. Last week, we explored the official history of this creature and some of the alleged key sightings. This week, we'll dive into the theories on how the Yaren came to be, how it has survived for so long without humans finding any real proof of its existence, and whether the legend of this mysterious creature really could be true. According to the legend, which originated thousands of years ago during China's Qin Dynasty, the Yaren is a large ape-like creature. It's covered in reddish hair with a human-like face, and it resides exclusively in the Shenanjia Forest in the Hubei province of central China. Many who claim to have seen the Yaren say they thought it was a human at first, but upon closer observation, the creature is revealed to be massive, between six and eight feet tall. Despite over 400 sightings, some as recent as 2015, experts are still torn as to whether this creature even exists. This is primarily because there is no confirmed physical evidence of the beast's existence. While the initial Chinese government expedition to find the Yaren in 1977 did produce several samples of reddish hairs, some of which were confirmed to have bizarre or previously unknown DNA. There is nothing beyond that to indicate that the creature exists. There are no official photos or skeletons. In fact, we don't have any bones at all. Last episode, we discussed a video that some believed captured images of the Yaren in 2015. The camera that filmed the creature was placed in the woods by a Chinese Yaren enthusiast named Yu Jun. But the footage does not present a complete image. It just shows part of a hairy arm hanging from a tree. This video is still being examined today, but as it is not a full image, it's unlikely it will be enough on its own to prove that Yaren are real. Still, locals and monster hunters alike believe in this creature. Today, we're going to explore why many people are enthusiastic believers in the Yaren myth and what cultural components could have kept the Yaren relevant for so many years despite a lack of concrete evidence. First, we'll examine possible ways that a creature like the Yaren could exist but remain undetected for so many years. Then, assuming that the Yaren does exist, we'll look at how the reportedly strange human-like creature could have come to be in the first place and consider which ancestor species it may have evolved from. Finally, we'll consider the very real possibility that the Yaren does not exist and that hundreds of sightings and decades of research have all centered around a fantasy. Every day, hundreds of tourists venture into the Shenangjia forest to look for signs of the Yaren. The results of these amateur hunts is always the same. There's no Yaren, no Yaren remains, no Yaren droppings, not even a Yaren footprint. This raises the question, if the Yaren is real and does reside in the Shenangjia forest, as the legend states, how has it endured for so long without ever being discovered? Most forests in the world wouldn't be able to hide an eight-foot-tall ape creature for long. The spread of civilization, industrialization, and deforestation 
generally means that most species native to any environment were discovered at some point when their habitats were destroyed. But the Shenangjia Forest stands out. It's around 1,200 square miles in size, about the size of the state of Rhode Island. It's a massive area of trees and jungle canopies. But what makes the Shenangjia Forest truly unique is its plant density. Every square mile of the Shenangjia has a huge, diverse array of plant life packed into it. Since the 1960s, lumberjack activity in the forest has produced roughly 100,000 cubic meters of wood every single year. And despite that, man-made activities have hardly put a dent in the ecosystem. Even the pre-existing paths through the forest are so thick that you need a machete to cut through all of the bamboo. The sheer thickness of the forest allows for a number of species to live and even thrive in the forest in near total isolation. In fact, according to the Global Geoparks Network, the Shenanjah Forest's temperate climate and plant density make it into one of the most well-preserved ecosystems of the mid-latitude regions. It's less affected by humanity than the Amazon forest or any of the jungles throughout Africa. The Global Geoparks Network went further to say that the unique structure of the woods forms a refuge for species, allowing some animals that would otherwise become extinct to flourish. One commonly cited example of these preserved species is the Shenanjah polar bear. As the name suggests, this was a rather large bear and not the kind of animal that one would easily miss. But scientists didn't even know this particular species of bear existed until 1922. Even after the earliest recorded sightings of the Shenangja polar bear in 1922, it took a number of decades for scientists to classify it as a distinct animal from other known species of Chinese bears. In fact, it was only in 2006 that scientists were able to gather enough samples from this species to confirm it was genetically different from the Chinese black bear. And even still, today we know very little about this species of bear because of how hard they are to track down in the Shenanjah forest. As the world has become more aware of the Shenanjah polar bear, Yeren enthusiasts have come to use its fractured origins as more proof that the Yeren exists. If one confirmed unique species could exist in the forest without human detection for so many years, why couldn't two? or even more. Yujun is one of the many Chinese Yaren believers who firmly think that the Yaren is just another species that hasn't been located yet. Looking at the facts, it's hard to totally dismiss this way of thinking. To this day, there are parts of the Shenangjia forest that are just too dense to explore. Now, just because we can't reach those areas, it doesn't mean that they're inhabited by a rare species of ape-man, but theorists won't be convinced the Yaren are a myth until every square mile of the Shenanjah forest has been explored and accounted for. And it's unlikely a search of this magnitude will ever happen. Just as the Amazon forest remains mostly undisturbed today, the Shenanjah forest is just too big, too dense, and too inhospitable for humans to fully explore. One of the key tenets of monster hunter culture is the belief that something exists in spite of a lack of clear evidence. 
These people put the burden of proof on skeptics to prove that a monster doesn't exist, rather than produce evidence themselves. This is the reasoning that allows belief in the errand to continue. Even though there isn't much evidence, the fact that we'll likely never be able to scour every square foot of the Shenangjia forest means there will always be a distant possibility that it's still out there, somewhere, hiding. Yu Jun says it best in an interview about the Yaren in 2015. He said, quote, We cannot say with certainty that we have discovered all the animals that exist on Earth. So at the end of the day, is it possible that the Yaren exists? With such a difficult and large landscape like the Shenanjah Forest, it's impossible to say with 100% certainty that the Yaren is fake. But still, we don't think it's likely. If the creature does exist, it would stand out as unique even among other species of primates. This naturally leads to the question of how the legend of the Yaren even came to be in the first place. Up next, we'll explore a few possible solutions to what people are seeing. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it, so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love, and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Now, back to our unexplained mystery. If the Yaren really does exist, it would be among the largest species of land-based mammals currently known to man. A creature of that size and temperament would be truly unique even among other classes of primate-like mammals. This naturally leads to the question of how the Yaren came into existence in the first place. As you can imagine, Theorists like Yu Jun, the man who supposedly took video footage of a Yaren, have a variety of solutions to this question. One of the most widely accepted beliefs is that the Yaren are actually descended from an early species of human. Under this theory, tens of thousands of years ago, a group of ancient humans ventured into the Shenanjia forest. They made a habitat there, and because of the natural isolation the forest provided, they evolved independently from other humans. The harsh demands of the Shenanjah's environment led this group of hominids to evolve into a more beast-like form. As outlandish as this theory sounds, there is actually some evidence to support it. According to Wang Shansai, chairman of the Hubei Wildman Research Society and a retired archaeologist, ancient human remains from the area around the Shenangjia are among the oldest on record. The society even has a name for these ancient humans who seem to have lived in and around the forest, the Jianxi Man. In the late aughts, scientists revisited the findings of Wang Wampo, a paleontologist who led an expedition into the caves of Chongqing, China in 1984. Wanpo's team found teeth, namely a left mandible that had two intact molars. Subsequent investigations uncovered stone tools. By 2006, 
these remains had been identified as belonging to some kind of human tribe. This was groundbreaking. Prior to this discovery, the earliest known Homo sapien jaw outside African remains were from Israel. The Israeli sample looks surprisingly similar to modern-day humans with a row of round teeth. Juan Po's discovery showed that there were ancient humans in China, and this led to a resurgence in research on ancient Chinese humans. In 2010, an anthropologist named Wu Lu published an article about a collection of four hominid-like teeth that were discovered in 1970 in and around Jiangxia, near the Hubei province in China. These teeth had been initially suspected to belong to a Chinese southern ape. However, Lu oversaw a deeper examination that revealed these teeth were not as close a match to an ape's as scientists had initially thought. The new study showed that ridges on the molars were more in line with early humans than any known ape species on this planet. Soon, this bizarre specimen came to be known as the Jiangxia Man. At face value, these discoveries prove that a group of ancient humans definitely existed in China independently of humans living in Africa and the Middle East. Even more groundbreaking, the odd shape of the teeth may actually indicate the existence of some kind of human-ape hybrid. The re-examination of the Jiangxia Man's remains led to more investigation into remains discovered in the region, which had initially been designated as remains of apes. And locals to the area near the Shenanjia Forest believe that these remains are in fact the long-sought-after evidence that the Yaren really exist. There isn't a lot of proof to suggest this way of thinking. Although reproductions of the creatures based on the skeletal remains look very similar to modern depictions of the Yaren, the stone tools found nearby are actually a step away from the Yaren mythos. There's no eyewitness testimony to support Yaren using tools. By all accounts, they were more primitive than that, more like animals than humans. And even if these ancient teeth do belong to Yaren, that raises the question of why monster hunters haven't located more recent Yaren remains. Of course, the answer could bring us back to the natural isolation provided by the forest itself. These ancient remains came from humans living in the areas near the border of the forest. It is possible that these ancient beings did once live near the outskirts, but moved inward to the center of the forest as the centuries passed. By modern day, they are living a completely isolated existence with only the occasional foray into the outside world. This may seem like a stretch, but there is some contextual evidence to consider. Even today, there are a number of tribes around the world that remained isolated and cut off from the modern world. According to New Scientist magazine, there are actually over 100 tribes across the world that remain uncontacted by modern civilization. The most secluded example of these tribes is the Sentinelese. The Sentinelese are a group of indigenous people who inhabit North Sentinel Island in the Bay of Bengal around India. These Sentinelese people are actually shorter in stature than the average human. 
While we can't know the exact reason for this, since no one outside of the tribe has ever been able to examine the Sentinelese up close, we can certainly hypothesize that the tribe maintains its own unique diet or physical customs that impact their growth. For the foreseeable future, our best guess is all we can rely on. The United Nations has strict laws that prevent countries from interacting with uncontacted tribes. The global policy is to let these people live in peace by their own customs. So even if there is an undiscovered tribe of humans or human-like animals living in the Shenangjia forest, there would be very little the scientific community could do to find out how long they've lived there or how their biology may differ from other humans. Yaren believers point to this fact to support the possible theory that the Yaren do exist as part of a small, isolated society within the heart of the forest. Again, we run into the problem of not being able to prove that such a society doesn't exist, if only because no one has ever explored that part of the forest. Still, what Yaren believers don't have a counter for is the possibility that if such a tribe of people does exist in the Shenanjia forest, there's no reason to suspect that it isn't just made up of slightly unusual humans rather than hulking, hairy, ape-like beings. Still, that counter-argument has done little to dissuade Yaren believers. They are further bolstered by the fact that we don't even know how many uncontacted tribes are actually out there. In fact, the latest uncontacted tribe to be discovered was in 2018. According to the New York Times, a drone flying over the Amazon forest found a thatched hut buried in the woods that had never been noted before. Further drone searches discovered canoes and axes that belonged to a culture that the world at large had no prior knowledge of. To Yaren enthusiasts, this is enough to prove a population of less civilized ape men are still alive today. If you don't believe a group of humanity's distant cousins are living in a secluded society in China, another take on this theory is the Yaren are a descendant of an ancient ape. Under this theory, a species of ancient ape took up residence in the isolated trees of the Shenangjia forest for thousands of years. This naturally would make much more sense than the theory that a group of early hominids evolved into the Yaren. The most likely candidate for this theory is a giant ape that lived thousands of years ago called the Gigantopithecus. First discovered by Gustav Heinrich Ralph von Königswald in 1935, fossil remains of this creature indicate it was roughly six feet tall and weighed 400 to 600 pounds. So physically, it would seem that the Gigantopithecus had a lot of traits in common with what we know about the Yaren. Based on the few DNA samples that we have, scientists also believe the Gigantopithecus was covered in a layer of thick reddish fur. Once again, this is in line with the description of the Yaren, but perhaps the best evidence to suggest this creature might be the Yaren is the carbon dating on the fossil remains. Rolf von Königswald discovered a number of Gigantopithecus samples throughout China. The samples around the Hubei province were by far the most recent. According to carbon dating, the fossils found around Hubei are only a few thousand years old, 
whereas most Gigantopithecus fossils are millions of years old. To most scientists, this suggests that a group of Gigantopithecus migrated toward the Hubei province and ultimately moved into the Shenanjia forest. To Yaren enthusiasts, this suggests that a population of the Gigantopithecus are still alive today. They may have even evolved over the years into something resembling our modern idea of the Yaren. Having said this, there is a contradiction that arises when we compare the known anatomy of the Gigantopithecus with descriptions of the Yaren. As you may recall, one of the defining characteristics of the Yaren is that they walk upright. Every eyewitness statement describes the creature as an ape that walks on two legs. Gigantopithecus didn't walk this way. Because of the creature's calculated weight, experts believe the creature walked like a gorilla or an orangutan, sharing its weight between its arms and legs. Though there are Yaren enthusiasts who still believe in this Gigantopithecus theory, we think this distinction between the two anatomies is enough to disprove it. But could another species of primate be a contender for being a match with the Yaren? Consider the gibbon. They look like large lemurs, but gibbons are famous for their wide variety of different forms. In fact, gibbons have 18 different subspecies, ranging from a few feet long to upwards of six feet long. The color of fur for gibbons varies greatly, but some species have thick reddish fur similar to how eyewitnesses describe the Yaren. There are also a wide variety of gibbon hybrids, because of interspecies breeding, zoos throughout the world frequently receive gibbons with unknown origins. It has been proposed that the Yaren may actually be some kind of hybrid subspecies of gibbon. The gibbon and the Yaren have already been linked in the past. Recall last week when we discussed the 1977 expedition into the Shenangjia forest looking for the Yaren. The soldiers and scientists found very little evidence but they did find a few strands of red hair. Those hairs were ultimately identified as gibbon hair. In the years since this official investigation, a variety of eyewitnesses have misidentified gibbon hair as yarin hair, including the scientist who initially studied the specimens after the initial search in 1977. The only counterargument monster hunters have against this species once again, is how Yaren allegedly walk. As we have mentioned, the Yaren walk on their hind legs. Gibbons tend to walk on all fours, though they are anatomically capable of walking on two hind legs. Still, it's a stretch. If you're having trouble believing any of these apes are the Yaren, you're not alone. Many scientists believe stories about the Yaren were fabricated from the very beginning. This brings us to our final theory. The stories of the Yaren have been a lie from the beginning. Up next, we'll explore the idea that the Yaren is simply a myth. Now back to the story. Given how much speculation and how little actual proof there is in regards to the Yaren, it's more than easy to state that the entire mystery is just a myth. In this final section, we will look at the evidence that indicates the Yaren never existed 
and its prolonged position in the zeitgeist as some great unexplained mystery is merely the result of misidentified evidence and a strong cultural desire to believe. As we've covered, the modern obsession with the Yaren began on May 14, 1976. Chen Lensheng was driving home to Chunshuya from Yunyang with five journalist colleagues after a work conference when they came face to face with a large ape-like creature covered in reddish hair. After the encounter, they returned to the scene and found a collection of hair samples. These hair samples spawned a massive investigation into the creature from the Chinese government in 1977. This resulted in more hair samples found in the woods, but the details grew stranger over the next 10 years. In 1988, Lu Minjung re-examined the samples of hair that were found in those same woods, looking to see if anything had been missed during the initial 1977 investigation. Minjong found that the hair was unlike any ape he had seen before. It was a bright red color, but based on the round structure of the hair follicle, the strand looked a lot like a human hair. For a brief moment, Minjong wondered if he had truly stumbled upon something monumental. If this hair did really have human DNA or something close, then it may finally be the proof of a human-ape hybrid that lived in the Shenangjia forest. But then, as he continued to investigate, he realized that the truth was much more mundane. Upon further examination, Lu Minjiang realized the color of the hair wasn't natural at all. It was dyed. Based on the hair's shaft, the hair belonged to someone of Chinese descent, but it was dyed to look like a Yaren hair and left in the woods to be found. This doesn't explain where all of the Yaren hair samples have come from, but it does indicate someone in the past has tried very hard to make this creature seem real. Unfortunately, we have no leads on who would have snuck into the woods and planted fake Yaren hair, but this is one of the major reasons skeptics have trouble believing in the creature today. This might have also been one of the reasons the Chinese government dropped all interest in the Yaren after their investigation in 1977. The people in charge may have found out that the red hairs were manufactured, and so they shut the operation down in order to prevent a public embarrassment. Following this discovery, critics of the Yaren myth have since pulled apart other details of the case as well. They believe sightings have been little more than misidentification of gibbons or bears. This is also how scientists explain the massive footprints we discussed last week. Most were ultimately written off as either gorilla or bear tracks. The one pair of footprints scientists have yet to identify were discovered by Yuan Yuhao, a Shenanjia National Nature Reserve park ranger in 1981. These prints are clearly not bear prints. They don't have claws, and they have a flexible middle section like human feet. Scientists don't have a good answer for these prints, other than they might be fake. Some scientists even believe people trick themselves into seeing the Aaron because they want to believe in the creature. This once again is a common pattern in the monster hunter culture. 
Yaren enthusiasts sometimes twist the facts to make the creatures seem more real. It's not unlike the mentality seen in some of the world's more fervent conspiracy theorists. In both cases, you have people twisting facts to support a conclusion, rather than the other way around. Like with many conspiracy theories, the lack of substantial evidence for or against the Yaren is the very thing that keeps people invested in it. The Yaren would be much less of an exciting subject if we knew for sure that it existed, where it lived, and what its attributes are. And yet, despite all of the holes we're able to poke in the evidence, nothing can dispute the fact that hundreds of people have stated with fervent belief that they have seen a Yaren. Author and mythical creature enthusiast Sigrid Schmalzer has a theory as to why creatures like Bigfoot and the Yaren stay with us. In a 2009 interview, Schmalzer said this, There is a strong environmentalist theme, a romantic notion that Bigfoot and Yaren represent endangered species, and that they offer the hope of reconnecting with our primeval selves. According to Sigrid, seeking the endangered species is highly alluring at least to a certain type of person. She continued to describe those people in detail, saying, The people who search for both Bigfoot and Yaren are dominantly male. They often style themselves as rugged adventurers who are willing to brave the dangers of wilderness, the scorn of scientific authorities, and the loss of their families and other social ties, their ties to civilization. This cultural fascination that Schmalzer describes could explain why people continued to adamantly search for the Yaren, despite a lack of photographic evidence. Each of the theories we presented here today has its own holes, and the nature of this particular subject means that it's unlikely a definitive answer will be found anytime soon. Based on the evidence that we found and the eyewitness testimony, we believe the Yaren are a species of gibbon that is yet to be fully identified by scientists. They are likely smaller than most accounts believe, but still large enough to have allowed so many eyewitness testimonies over the years. Though we think they're firmly a member of the Hylobatidae family, which is separate from hominids and great apes, they still stand upright and might even prefer to walk on their hind legs rather than all fours. We also believe there is a group of Yaren enthusiasts out there that are actively trying to keep this myth alive. The fact that scientists have found dyed hair proves that someone is working to make people believe in this ape man. Our theory is not a perfect answer to this mystery, but we believe it connects as many clues as possible. It's through the combination of possibility and blind faith that the legend of the Yaren continues to live on. And who knows? There are so many parts of our natural world that we know next to nothing about. Even if the Yaren isn't real in the sense that people believe, there are likely still hundreds of unknown species out there waiting to be discovered. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back Thursday with a new episode. You can find all previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries, as well as all of Parcast's other shows on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. 
Several of you have asked how to help us. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll see you next time. See you next Thursday. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Michael Herman and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Mm-hmm.